Hi guys, my name is Juliet Amiga and welcome to yet another episode on Listen. First and foremost, I would like to say thank you to all of you who've managed to listen to my first two episodes and I am so grateful for all the feedback you're sharing. You know, it's funny how all of us are having battles that you fight every single day but you don't have a place to relate to or you don't have a place where you can go to listen to other people's experiences and understand that you are not the only one going through such stuff. And I'm so grateful that you have enabled me to share my stories and other people's stories by giving me that listening ear. And my goodness, that is the greatest gift I can ever ask from you. So thank you. On to today's episode, I'm going to talk about battling grief. So I've been battling grief a lot and it's something that I'm trying to move out of or trying to get used to, but it's not like a good thing. So I'm going to talk about some very, very sad experiences that occurred in my life that made me understand what grief was or made me part with grief, something like that. So I'm going to start with my, my brother's story. This is going to be so hard for me to say because I don't think up to now I've been able to get over the fact that I lost my only brother. But let's just do this, shall we? Okay, now um, when I was very young, I was so young, my goodness. I was in primary school, I think class 5 or class, I don't know. It was probably just in primary school, either the age of five like five to seven class five to seven either one of them in the middle i don't remember which but yeah so um while oh my goodness this is going to be so hard anyway okay so um when i was that young me and my brother were so close we were born in a family of three my brother was the eldest followed by my sister and then i am the youngest so me and my brother were so close. Obviously, the firstborn and the lastborn have this kind of bond that no one can break. So me and my brother had this bond that no one could break. And I loved my brother so much to a point we would do everything together. Going to the shop, he would buy me sweets and presents. And he wouldn't do that for my sister. I didn't know why. But growing up, I came to understand that firstborns and secondborns don't really have like a thing going because firstborns tend to blame secondborns for coming to ruin their sweet joy moment with their parents when they were young they were the only ones and then the secondborn comes and ruins that by being second but the thirdborn they're now used to having a second sibling so the thirdborn is like now nah, their favorite that's my explanation for that i don't know what yours is but anyway on to the story so my brother would buy me gifts and spoilers and it was just amazing and i loved to have my brother around so when we were young my brother would take us out with my sister buy us sweets buy us these chips that you buy at then we were buying at five shillings which was a lot a lot of money five shillings was a lot of money back then and he he bought you five shillings chips there were so many you couldn't even eat alone. You had to share. So he would buy his for five shillings. And my sister and I for five shillings. And we would share. It was such a glorious moment. We used to love taking pictures. And my mom had a way of tormenting us. By making us wear clothes that look alike. 
she would also shave our heads so clean i think you would see the reflection of the sun i'm guessing i don't know why she loved that but that's her way of keeping her children neat so growing up with my brother we didn't know our family had a background of ulcers and stuff like that because we were still young why what is ulcers why would you even tell your children about ulcers and they don't even understand what medical conditions are yet so my brother we didn't know he was sickly and we didn't know all of us had the same condition so our parents were providing us with um the basic needs and stuff but on food side they would like take specific foods and take um some sort of diet i don't know how to explain it but basically we were eating less proteins because you know some some proteins they trigger the ulcers like um vegetables um these kales also known as skumawiki and then on cereals you have beans on um this vegetable still we have potatoes these are some that some of the foods that triggers the ulcer so growing up we didn't see much of that we drank a lot of milk i remember we drank a lot of milk and anytime you tell my mom i'm hungry i'm hungry more than three times she will get you milk before giving you food we didn't know and understand then what that meant but yeah so growing up one time my brother got really sick and we didn't know what was going on so um we went to the hospital and then he came back home with a lot of medication we didn't understand was for what so he kept taking the medication and he got better and then i got sick and i was taken to langata hospital st mary's and i remember when we went there my brother's records already there and me being there and my dad's record was already there it started making like some kind of sense that we are all sick so instead of giving us different medications since it was the same thing they gave up gave us a 5 liter bottle a 5 liter bottle of antacid and i remember it used to taste like colgate my goodness it still does who loves taking antacid till now but anyway we were given a 5 liter bottle and once it ends you need to take the bottle back and they give you another one that is filled So that was our lifestyle. We had a 5 liter bottle of antacid and some omeprazole tablets that we were used to take. And the, back then we didn't know they were called omeprazoles. We just knew there was ulcers. That's what we were told. So um when my brother reached class 7, it started getting a little bit um what can I say? It grew bad. The ulcers grew and I don't know how to say it but they grew and they were very very dangerous. So he went to the hospital and they said his ulcers had gone up to his intestines on the walls of the stomach. They needed to remove them. So when he tar- when he went to class 8 and um they did the operation. So I don't remember if he did his KCPE in the hospital or he did it from the classroom but i remember his class eight he spent 90% of his time in hospital so after that he got better 
that was so great he got better and i remember i used to fancy the stitches on his stomach and i would tell him let me let me see let me see and he would open and i would see and i would be so so fascinated i'm like how can someone just stitch someone up i was young it was just something that i hadn't seen before little did i know that wouldn't be the first and the last time so my brother joined high school me and my sister were okay we were still young our immune systems were still fighting the ulcers so we didn't have so much attacks as my brother and my brother in school you can't go to a school and tell them about special diet back then back then there was no such thing as special diet so if everyone is eating ugali and beans you're all eating ugali and beans if everyone is eating ugali and skuma you're all eating ugali and smawiki there's no special diet so having to eat so much of the food we're not supposed to eat made the ulcers go very 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 fast so when he joined high school he didn't actually tell us he was hurting when he went there he made us believe he was okay so when he went to high school and um he started off in form 1 and everything was okay but he came home sickly but we never really paid attention to it so he went and he came back he went and he came back and every time he did we took him for another appointment and that back and forth back and forth and he would still go back to school so i remember my cousin my cousin and my brother were really close because they were kind of age mates not so much because m- my cousin was a year ahead of my brother so my cousin was in form 2 and my brother was in form 1 and they were so close so so close and they looked so much alike you would think they are brothers till date i kind of find solace talking to my elder cousin who i call my brother as my brother and it gives me so much peace because he has his face he has his voice he has his height and my goodness i just feel at peace when i'm around my cousin so my brother um when he finished from one he came home and we asked him if he's feeling okay and he said yes i am okay i'm doing so much better but we said oh, we just need to go and do a checkup so he agreed and we went and did the checkup and the doctor said everything was okay so um when he joined form 2 the teachers kept calling home and said my brother is not feeling well and we should take medications to him and when my mom went to visit he wouldn't say he was hurting he knew he was hurting and he never said he was hurting so this time i don't remember if it was yes it was first time so this time first time they had these um tuition things you remember like in back then tuition was mandatory for everyone so when schools closed he didn't stay back they decided him and my cousin to come home for a few days um restock and go back home and go back to school sorry so when they came, they were coming home my brother didn't want to go to um see my grandma before coming home he wanted to come home direct usually they would pass by my grandmother's place say hi 
pass by my auntie's place, say hi, and then my brother comes to Nairobi. But this day he insisted he wants to come to Nairobi. So um, they put him in the bus and he came to Nairobi. On reaching Nairobi, he doesn't tell anyone he's sick. And you know, they say when someone is going to die, they always know, they always feel it. So they are always saying their last goodbyes indirectly. So my brother felt himself fading away and he never said anything to us. So um, we, <laughs> when he got home, we were so excited because you'd not seen your brother for three months. I mean, who wouldn't be excited their brother is home after three months? So my brother comes home. He spends a day and he decides he wants to go visit my cousin in Buruburu. So he goes to Buruburu to see my other auntie and my cousins. So he goes on a day like Friday. And before he left, he told my mom the reason why he came home is because his uniform was torn. And since my mom didn't like us staying home at all, that you, you came home because... You didn't have fees, my friend. They will pay that fee that time and you'll go back to school that time. The only less time, like, the only time you would spend out of school is probably an hour. And that is making line in the bank. But other than that, there's nothing. There's no more time you would spend at home. You go back to school. So when my mom, my brother told my mom he was sent home because his uniform was torn, he doesn't have more uniform. My mom didn't even waste time. My mom took my brother went to our family tailor and they measured, they took the measurements and they started making him clothes. And then I remember he told my mom, because I remember my mom carried me everywhere, the last one. So I remember he told my mom, I also need a scout's uniform. And I need my scout's uniform, I'm a scout. And he, he was very detailed on how he wanted the suit to be made. And then he actually just said roughly, he wants my dad to have the same suit. My dad is like, what? And then my dad is like, eh, I don't understand why you would want me to have the same suit. But he wanted my dad to have the same suit. And my dad loved his only son. So my dad made his same, the same suit. So they had matching suits. And then so after the measurements, my brother decided to go visit my cousins in Buruburu. So he went like on Friday and on Sunday they bring him back. And they say he's really sick and he's vomiting blood. And that Sunday, my mom was in church. Me and my sister had just come from Sunday school. We were in the house. And I remember I ran to the church. I ran so fast while crying. I wasn't screaming. I was just crying. And I reached to the church and I was telling my mom, ah, my, our brother is sick. You have to come back home. You have to rush. He's vomiting blood. And my mom left everything. She ran to the house. And he had to carry everything, me and my little body, to carry every stuff my mom had carried to church and go back home with it. So we reach home and my brother is so sick and my mom decides to call people to come and help her take, take him to the hospital. So we take him to the nearest clinic, sorry, and he gets injections to help him stop vomiting and he didn't stop vomiting. It's kind of reduced, but a few hours later he started again this time much worse so at night i've never had the ambulance up close but this time around i remember it so loud and clear so the ambulance came and um we were hearing the the sirens the sirens the sirens they grew louder and louder and louder until they were outside our house and they had to take my mother to kenyatta hospital my dad then wasn't around he had 
gone been given transfer from Nairobi to Kisumu to work in Kisumu. So when he tried asking for leave out of out of work to come see his sick son, the manager refused. And the guy, the, my dad was so mad and he said he wants to come see his son, but the manager refused. He called home and said he couldn't come because the manager has refused. So my mom was so sad. Everyone was so sad because my dad wasn't there. And my brother kept, kept insisting, where's my dad, where's my dad, where's my dad? So they took him to Kenyatta Hospital. And I remember that day we weren't allowed to enter the men's wards. Up to now, they don't allow women, except the wives. But they just don't allow women to enter men's wards. Yes, I don't know if the rules have changed now. But back then, that's how it was. They just they didn't allow. So we were left behind. And I remember they took my brother, they started doing whatever they were doing. And uh, me and my sister were taken back home with our neighbor. And my mom remained there. So my mom came back home. She was tired. We were trying to ask how our brother was. And the last thing I had in my mind was the last moments I spoke with my brother before he went to hospital and they kept asking him, are you okay? And he would say, I'm fine. And I would like, do you want glucosid? And he's like, no, I'm okay. Do you want Tribina? Do you want what? I kept asking, what can I do to make you better? But the guy was like, I'm okay. You're not okay, boss. You'd like vomiting. It's not so awesome. But anyway, so my brother is in the hospital. Me and my sister are at home. My mom is trying to make us feel not so bad. We, no one has appetite in the house. No one is eating. So the next day um, was Monday. Yes. So on Monday, my mom goes and my brother has been admitted. My brother is still insisting he wants to see my dad. My mom trained to get my dad. My dad has been held up at work. So my brother starts now saying the last goodbyes. And my mom is so mad. I remember she came and narrated it to us at home. That he told me to come and tell you guys he would miss you. He really wanted to see you guys one last time. But those doctors were mean. That's what he said. And they wouldn't want us to go and see him. So he would really miss us. And he really loved us. And my mom, I remember when she was saying that, she was telling us in a way that she wanted us to pray for him. So, um, and my brother knew he was fading away. He knew so bad he was fading away. So he wanted to see all of us before he went and rested. So he told my mom, I'm so grateful. He was thank he thanked my mom for being there. And then he told my mom, tell dad I'm sad he didn't come to see me. My mom is like, mm, stop saying those bad words. You're going to get better. We're going back home with you. Back home, my mom had told us to do some house chores. And you know, there are some events in your life that can make your day so sluggish without you knowing what's really going on in your life. So that day, on Tuesday, we'll remember this day for the rest of my life. On Tuesday, um, my mom goes to see my brother in the hospital with our neighbor. Her name was Alice. And when they went, she left us with very distinctive chores to wash the house, wash utensils, and um, wash my brother's clothes that he was supposed to be discharged with. So we as children, we don't understand the importance of chores. But that day was just weird. We had some friend of ours at home and he had come to sleep over 
because he, want, he, he was very close with my brother and my cousin was at school and he didn't know what was going through and then now um <laughs> i remember we were watching tv and it was a very interesting movie remember what movie it was but that day was a very funny day because we cooked lunch at 9 a.m and we were eating very comfortably no one has done any chores the house is full of water no one is scrubbing the floor the utensils are still on the sink no one has touched them the clothes are still in the water no one is washing and we are busy eating while watching tv and no one feels like it's unusual that no one wants to do any house chores today. So I remember back then there were no these Mabati houses. So like if it's a plot, there's a plot and a plot and a plot and a flat and a flat. There weren't like very many houses. So if someone would shout from the road, you would hear it like from the house. So we heard our mums cry from the road. Then we didn't know it was a cry. But we heard our mom's voice. And remember we have not touched anything in that house. So we are rushing. And we are rushing and we are rushing and we are rushing. And I didn't understand why we didn't do the house chores earlier. We were avoiding this rush. But then we are rushing. We are trying to do everything at once. But the voice is growing louder and louder and louder. So when the my mom gets closer the only thing we could hear her say is my son has passed away my son has passed away my son has passed away and we didn't understand what actually she meant so they are crying and we're looking at my neighbor and we're like what's going on and my neighbor is like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i'm like what are you sorry for and my mom is just crying there my son has passed away my son has passed away and by then we didn't understand passing away is dying because you were young and so when our neighbor said your brother is dead i don't remember anything from that point on me just remember i blacked out and then i woke up hours later with our house filled with people a lot of people so after black I, i'm like why are there so many people in the house and then it hit me shit my brother is dead my brother is not coming back so i asked my mom my brother is not coming back and my mom is too sad to even answer. She just holds me tight and she's crying. My son has passed away. My son has passed away. And I didn't want to hear anything else. I just said, I want my father. I want my dad. I kept saying, I want my dad. And I couldn't sleep for three days until my dad showed up. I didn't sleep. Like, they would want me to sleep. I wouldn't want to sleep because I wanted to see my dad. Because I felt like no one is telling me anything. So my dad comes and the first thing I go, I'm like, Where's my brother? And my dad is like, what is he supposed to tell me? And I don't remember what my sister was going through then. I'm hoping she would be willing and open to explain to us what she went through. But I'm going just to speak about my experience. So after my dad arrives, I'm like, where's my brother? Where's my brother? And my dad is trying to make me understand that he's not coming back. But I don't understand why he's not coming back. I mean, you took him to the hospital. He is supposed to come back, right? He's gone to the hospital before and he came back. Why is he not coming back now? And it's, it was so sad that then I couldn't know how to process the grief. So the grief didn't hit me 
that time during the funeral and the burial proceedings and everything we we carried my brother's um body after viewing it in church and when i saw his face i didn't understand why he looked asleep and they said he's not coming back so we go to our Roland's home and i remember i didn't want to stay away from my brother they would say visitors come and view the body i was a visitor they would say sisters i was a sister cousins i was the cousin family i was there as in it it felt like that something is not right and i remember my mom pulled me and locked me in her bedroom cause i was overviewing the body anytime she would go clean my brother and do stuff i was there i was overviewing and i think that was my way of grief cuz i wasn't crying that much i cried the first time but i wasn't crying i was i had bottled it up and at a young age i was very surprised at myself for being able to bottle up such grief so i wasn't crying i would just view my brother's body my brother's body and it didn't hit me until the ta- the part where i saw him being lowered into the ground that's when it hit me he's not coming back he's not actually coming back and my whole world stopped and he wanted to jump in and stop these people from putting my brother in the ground i tried i tried so hard to fight the tears and that's the first time i remember i ever saw my dad cry the first time i ever saw my dad cry was that day i i remember i cried so hard i cried until i passed out i cried so hard until i passed out and when i woke up after being after passing out everyone had gone some had remained to help clear out the compound and say their last condolences and write in the book and i remember i woke up and i rushed to my brother's grave and i would just lie there and cry my heart out I'd cry so hard and cry so hard and cry so hard and it didn't feel like it was real it felt like something was wrong and my mom and my dad didn't know what to do then but i remember i insisted i want to sleep in my brother's room in the rural home and when we came back to Nairobi i insisted i wanted to sleep on his bed and just like that his bed became mine i didn't know then that was the beginning of me grieving so sleeping in my bed having viewed my brother's body a lot of times i felt like i didn't want him gone so any chance of him vanishing in my brain i would block it and i think that's how we have spiritual encounters with the dead they normally say we don't we shouldn't believe that but your brain has has very much power to create what you think so much of they normally say your dreams are a reflection of what you've been doing during the day or something that you've been thinking a lot about so i would sleep and i would imagine my brother calling me and i would answer and my mom would come give me a hot slap ish a hot slap 
and tell me never never respond to anyone who calls you when you are asleep never cuz they will take you away didn't understand what she said but i knew she slapped me real hard so my bro comes again and calls me and i respond and my mom slaps me again i'm like why are you doing this why would you slap me and she's like i told you never to respond to people who call you when you're asleep didn't you hear what they said i'm like but my brother is sitting right there why wouldn't you want me to answer to my brother who's sitting right there and she's looking at the chair and she's like no one is sitting right there and i'm like he's sitting right there he's like looking at you and my mom is like she started praying and praying and praying and she told me next time you see such don't answer just start pray and it continued to happen consistently I remember there's a time my sister tells me i sleepwalked from my bed went to the sitting room turned on the tv increased the volume to 100 was laughing on my own the whole night watching i don't know what movie when it ended i switched off the tv walked back to my bed and slept i don't remember this but my sister sounded freaked out when she was telling me the next morning what had happened and i tell her yeah i remember we were watching a movie with my bro and she's like fuck you shouldn't be doing that so there's this time in the morning i didn't see my bro at night when i was sleeping so i ask my sister did you encounter our brother and she's like yeah i kind of like dreamt of him last night and then i i just say it roughly oh that's why he didn't visit me jana and my sister is like you're okay with this so my parents weren't okay with it and my sister wasn't okay with it obviously sorry <clears throat> and after after a long while my parents started monitoring me going to school and i would go to school and they would send someone to follow me so it became so consistent me seeing my brother until i couldn't concentrate in the classroom and the teachers called my parents they couldn't leave me alone in the toilet they couldn't leave me alone anywhere because anything they would they would find me somewhere else doing i don't know what and saying my brother made me to do it or so they were so scared so i was um sent away from school for a while to go and battle the grief so my parents were trying to help me let go of my brother but i wasn't willing to do that because he was the only person i was so close to having not been been close with my parents and him being gone was like a part of me had been snatched away from me and i didn't want to accept that so i kept carrying my brother along in my heart until when i was in form 3 form 2 form 3 that's when i decided that's a long time i've been carrying this person for a long time and i think now it's the high time i should let this person go and i my i needed to have like a ceremony to accept and move on my parents had done everything and anything possible to help me move on but i didn't and i didn't move on so that time i remember um i was in school and my brother was always there with me you know like this this powerful thing in your brain when you don't release something 
to go it will still consistently remain there until the time you will decide now i want it gone so me imagining my brother always there made him to remain there so i would talk to my brother make stories with my brother i would look crazy and my high school wasn't all that fun until i decided now i need to have a sit sit down with my bro and let him go so this time at night um he came to visit and i just remember i sat on my bed and i talked to him it was like i've held you for too long i don't think this is healthy for me or for for my friends or for my family and i think it's a high time i accept that you are gone and actually believe that you are gone i didn't want to believe it but now i feel like i'm ready to do so so this is me telling you goodbye all this time you've made me feel calm all this time you've made me feel like you're still here you've made me understand and gone through this grieving period with you being there and accepting that you're gone has been easier with you around but it's now high time that i need to let you go and you should go and rest in peace and i remember he didn't answer back most of the time we had a conversation but this time round he understood he, it was different he understood i didn't want him to say anything because if he did then i would change my mind and he wouldn't be going anywhere so the whole point is me letting him go and him speaking wasn't even part of it so i was like i'm letting you go rest in peace my dear brother blah 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 and just like that that was the last time i remember i saw my brother and i cried so hard so so hard it was like i've lost him the second time the second time was even more heartbreaking than the first time because now i'm letting go i'm actually doing it and i cried and i cried and i cried and I remember the next morning i went and told my class teacher i would like both of my parents to come to school so both of my parents came to school i had already explained to my to her principal and she was really nice she even gave us her office so that we could talk in so we went there and i told my my parents and my teacher and my head teacher exactly what i was going through everything and everything and some secrets my brother had told me that my parents didn't think we knew i had to tell them then and they were so shocked they actually believed i was actually talking to my bro because when i told them i was they didn't believe it until i mentioned those secrets that they had never told us before that's when they believed and uh, my parents were so supportive that time and my teachers were so supportive as well they booked me counseling sessions um to grieve and to help me let go more and more and accept and my parents prayed with me and they were so so supportive that time and they told me now that you've chosen to let go we want you to focus on your studies and that's how i learned how to let go of my brother it wasn't a smooth ride it wasn't like a good process that i would want to repeat but it was an eye opening season of my life how to deal with grief battling grief how can you battle grief when you're sa- 
you're such a young girl you're so young with promising futures and yet you've lost this close person in your life and you feel like your life is being shattered and you feel like everything you knew was right is now wrong how do you move from that how do you heal from that and you you're not you're not supposed to force anyone to grieve you're not supposed to force anyone to move on you're not supposed to force anyone to heal everyone has a gradual healing process you have to be there support them if my parents took me to rehab i think it would have made me even more crazier than i was because they're trying to make me believe on what i don't believe but when you choose to believe and accept because the five stages of grief you have to go through them the denial the regret what if what if i noticed earlier that he was sick what if there was something i would have done he wouldn't have died what if and then there was the fighting and the violence part where you're like anyone who decides to tell me he's dead you're dead too and then this acceptance and moving on the acceptance part has to come on its own you don't need to force anyone to accept that and that's what i learned after a very long time of my brother being gone a very 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 long time and to be honest i think now is probably 14 years after he died probably i think i don't know but having to go th- through that and now that i am older i do understand the importance of acceptance the importance of grieving on your own so you should also accept that if you're going through a grieving process this is not the last and the first story i'm telling about my grieving and me battling grief there are more to, to come on this episode but this particular story needs to teach you that we've all lost someone who's close to us and we're not supposed to be forced into acceptance we need to let ourselves go through all those stages of grief and finally when we reach acceptance that's when you will see the breakthrough i saw the breakthrough after a long time imagine all those years of me holding on to one person whom has been dead for a long time and not accepting to see that he's been gone for that long time until that time i chose and accepted that it's now time to let go yes when it's your time to let go that time when it comes you will know and when it does please do it is a very 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 important healing process and we all need that we all need that acceptance part we all need to heal from our grief and if this story has inspired you to let go of that person that you've been keeping in your heart for that long then i am i'll be so grateful if you share your feedback and just say how inspired you felt this story made you feel and that would be awesome So guys, that's the end of this episode. Remember, I'm always I'll be always sharing my stories to help you help me heal more faster. And these stories 
are not just stories they are experiences that we've gone through and i'm hoping one day all of us will be at that point in life where we'll be able to share such stories about ourselves and help others because we all go through the same stuff but we're just afraid to share it and that's it on this week's episode thank you so much for being here thank you for so much for choosing listen to be your podcast make sure you tune in every single week where i'll be able to give you your weekly podcast fix